had an all-night prayer meeting last night, and he got resaved and rededicated, and he said, I'll go ahead and come. No, he's been in a major battle. He's been out of this with his leg and all. It's literally put him out of church for three months. Can you imagine that? He's been out for three months, but um, not disconnected. He's been online with us, but it's good to have him in bodily form. They were, he, had a, he had a surgery on Friday, on Friday, and they were able to take out all the metal contractions and nuts and bolts that were in him. And so he's healing up. Amen. Amen. Now he can start chasing his kids again instead of Vanessa. So praise the Lord. So it's good to see him today. Just want to give you a couple updates. The um, Many of you know we had our, um, our Advance the Cause offering last Sunday morning, and uh, our goal was to receive, for that first offering, our goal was to receive $142,200 to put us on track for that 20-month window that we were uh, pushing into. We're down to about 16 months now. And the total giving so far that has come in is about $36,000. So, um, so, so we, we rejoice at what people are doing. Amen. We thank God that there are people that are plugging into the vision. And, uh, and they're, they're sacrificing and sowing and making it happen. But it leaves us about $106,000 or so short. So what we just got to do, we just keep pressing into it. Amen. We just keep believing God for it. We needed 120 giving units to meet those uh, to meet those uh, those deadlines, and then uh, you know we had it all broke down. If you we, we can, I think it's still in the bulletin. I'm not sure about that, but the uh, we had 47 giving units out of the 120. So uh, so we know there's people still out here that are just getting their faith wrapped around it, and we just want to encourage you to do that. Get your faith around it. Amen. And then those that are that are giving, please continue to give. We're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just want to be a part of what God's doing. Amen. So so we're 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 we we I don't I think we had so much happen this weekend. We I don't think we were able to get the checks sent out, but we'll get that check sent out probably Monday or Tuesday where we just pay down on the loan and so I actually talked to the bankers on Friday. And uh, we're in good shape. Things are moving forward. We're rolling this property over. Everything's moving forward, and we thank God for it. Amen? So hallelujah. So look at your neighbor and say, just keep on pressing. Come on, just keep on pressing. Keep on pressing. Keep pressing with us. Good things are happening. As Pastor Mark was alluding to all ago, there are good things happening here at New Harvest Church. There are some major things that are happening. Amen? Also, just let me bring to your attention, because I want to take a moment and pray. As many of you know, um, Glenn Angel passed away on Friday, Friday, early Friday morning, and so we just want to continue to pay, uh, pray for Pat and, uh, of course, Tracy and Marcy and all of the, the Glenn Angel family there, and just continue to remember them in prayer. Uh, Glenn was an integral part of New Harvest Church. You couldn't come through those doors without seeing him, right? I mean, he was there, and uh, but he's going on to his reward. He's... he's uh, He's checked out from this life, and he's entered into the next life. And I just want to take a moment and say something about that because we're, we're living in some unusual days, and things are happening at record speed. I'm grateful this morning that 
that Glenn's been a part, he and Pat have been a part of this house for over 20 years. Faithful members. And Glenn has prepared at least for the last 20-something years for that exit on Friday. His heart was ready. He was in a good place. And so we thank God for that. But I also want to say this to this house. Our prayers have not failed. Our faith has not failed. Some of the most praying and faithful people I know on the planet lives right here at this house. And if I ever get into a problem, and I have a lot of times, I want these prayer warriors praying for me. And I want to say to this house, because we've stood in the gap, along with Pat and their family, we've stood in the gap believing God for miracles. And the truth is, miracles have happened. But we've, we've hit a place where we all will hit this place one day, sooner or later, when our faith runs into the sovereignty of God. And God allows things beyond our explanation. And no amount of faith is going to move it differently. But that's where our trust in God gets deeper. Because we've learned to trust Him when we can't trace Him. Amen. So I want to take a moment. We're fixing to read the scriptures today, but our hearts are heavy. But my heart is rejoicing all at the same time. Amen. Amen. Because for me, this is not, I, I know many of us have dealt with death a lot. But this year and a half, Karen and I have dealt with a lot of death. And not just in this house or in our families, but we're in a network of churches where I'm in touch with pastors every single day. And it's going on all around the world. And I'm in that, I'm in that with them every single day. So it never leaves me. It's just there with me. And while most people only focus on the matter that they're going through, there's a whole lot more happening around us. But I want to say the same God, the same God, that gives us the victory in the times that we need to have a victory. He's the same God that's worthy to be praised when we don't understand where the victory, why the victory's not coming. That's really weak for a good amen right there. I'm telling you, we ought to be praising God that he's still on the throne. Amen. We ought to be doing that. So come on, let's stand to our feet if we would. I, I, I don't know if Pat's watching today. She may watch it later. They're pretty, they, they stay pretty much in tune. But Pat Angel, we just want you to know we love you. We love you. We love your family. And we love Glenn. Let's pray for Pat today. Father, this morning we thank you. Lord, as their family is moving through a time of transition, Lord, I just pray for your peace and your comfort to rest over Pat, Tracy, and Marcy. Lord, over the grandchildren today. Lord, I just thank you today that you have a peace that passes all understanding. You have a peace that goes where no logic can go, where no intellect can go. Lord, you have a peace that moves into the heart of every situation. 
So, Father, we pray for comfort over them today. Lord, I thank you today that Pat is as strong as I've ever seen her in my entire life. Her faith is as high as I know of anybody. And, Lord, we just thank you for that encouragement in her life. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do in that family. Lord, let even this, 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 this place of death, this place of separation, Lord, we just let the testimony be like where it comes to say, death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Hallelujah. 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 Because, Lord, as, as believers, we live on a different realm. We live with a different attitude. We have another mindset. So, Father, today we just thank you for strength. Thank you today for grace into their hearts and in their lives. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Come on, can you really, real loud, put your hands together and say, we love you, Pat. Come on. Come on, say, we love you, Pat. We love you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Come on, so just grab your Bibles there and uh, go, go with me to Psalms 138. Hallelujah. Psalms 138. I want to do something. I understand faith is both natural and spiritual. And I understand that you can shift atmospheres by your attitudes. You can shift atmospheres by your body postures. You can shift certain things in the realm of the natural that begins to make it conducive for the supernatural to work and to reign. So I know it's going to be uncomfortable for probably half of you in here today, but we're going to do it anyway. You can sit there and watch if you need to. But I think we're going to shift an atmosphere right here. We're going to shift an atmosphere right here because we didn't come in here. We didn't come in here to have a pity party. We came in here to celebrate the power of Jesus Christ. So on a count of three, I want you to put your hands together as loud as you can, and I want you to shout as loud as you can, and you watch the atmosphere shift. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you really ready? Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Hey! Shift it. Come on, we shift that atmosphere for the glory of God. Hey! Glory to God. Come on, I wish you would praise him like Pastor Mark said. Let everything that has breath, let everything that has breath give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 So we thank God for that. And just to let you know that I, I was thinking about this the other day. We, you know, COVID has spiked again, whatever. If it's COVID, it could be pneumonia. It could be the flu. It, it could be a broke toe and they're going to call it COVID. So whatever. It's everything's COVID nowadays. But I want to tell you something. More people in this building, in right in here, more people in this building have been healed through COVID than more people that have died. Come on, I'm gonna praise God by myself if I have to. More people have been healed. More people. Because the power, the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. Amen. Okay. Psalms 138. We're going to work on this a little bit, just for a few minutes. Psalms 138, verse number 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Oh, my Lord, I could praise him right there. 
Your right hand will save me, and the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the works of your hand. Notice that he says the Lord will accomplish. Somebody shout accomplish. That means that the, the, the Hebrew of that literally means to finish it, to bring it to an end or to fulfill it. In other words, it gives us the idea that God works out his purpose in our life for his purposes until it's completely done. So if it's not finished, then God's not finished. If it doesn't look like it needs to look like yet, then God's not finished because he works his purpose. He works his accomplishment for what concerns me. Amen? All right, now look with me in Psalm, I mean, Isaiah 54. This is a very familiar, really familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to use it to go into something that we started last week. We didn't use the Scripture last week. And if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go back online and listen to it because there's things I said last week that led up to this week that I'm not going to cover from last week. So how many know that's, that's your due diligence as an ongoing member of this house? You got to stay current with what God is saying. Okay, Psalms 50, uh, excuse me again, Isaiah 54, verse number 1. says, shout for joy, O you barren one. You have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse number two, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and spare not. Somebody shout, spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess the nations, and they will resettle the desolate cities. Notice what he says again in verse number two. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and spare not. That word spare not literally means do not be refused. Do not be restrained. It goes on to literally mean, it's the Hebrew word kasak, which literally means refuse to be held back. Don't live in reserve. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, don't live in reserve. Come on, kick it off autopilot and smash the gas. Uh, get off of cruise control and smash the gas. Uh, don't live in reserve. Notice that, that, how much we increase is not dependent on the Lord. How much we increase is dependent on us. He never told them how far to stretch out the curtains. He never told them how far to lengthen the cords. In other words, however far you're willing to stretch it, however far you're willing to lengthen it, I'll feel it. How many know that the church will only move at the faith of God's people? So, so if you want to live in reserve, you're going to be held back. But he said, spare not. Don't live in reserve. Stretch this thing out. St 
stretch your life out. Stretch out the promises of God over your life. And don't live in reserve. And watch what I will do. Watch how I will fill every area of your life. Watch how I will meet every area of your life. So we've been talking about releasing the culture of faith. Push on somebody and tell them it's a faith thing. Now, come on, tell them it's a faith thing. It's, it's, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. I want to pray for you this morning. Bullet, we thank you for what you're going to do in the next few moments. Holy Spirit, I give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it all right here in this place right now. Lord, I thank you today. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, you're the revealer of all truth. Hallelujah. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're going to do in the hearts of men and women. And we give you all the praise and the glory now. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. In our text this morning, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying to the Jews that there is coming to them this monumental breakthrough. Isaiah stands there in the office of his calling, and he's prophesying to Jerusalem. He's prophesying to the Jews that there is coming over their life a monumental breakthrough. This breakthrough was going to be so huge that it was literally going to shift them from where they are to where they're about to be. To the point in this monumental shift, to the point of this breakthrough, that the boundaries of their current dwellings would not be able to contain everything that God was about to do. The, the, the level of their living was not wide enough, big enough, tall enough, deep enough for what God was about to do in their life. This promise comes to them and it commands them to joyfully prepare for the future. <laughs> Think about it. Living in Babylon, living in places of captivity, and God saying, you need to get happy. <laughs> they, were, they, they, they were to prepare because their offspring, the generations among them, and the generations coming up behind them would possess the nations and they would resettle the desolate cities. In other words, from their place of disappointment, from their place of barrenness, a righteous seed would begin to rise and begin to bring the rule of God to various places of the world. Right there in the midst of their barrenness. Jerusalem here in Isaiah's prophecy is compared to a woman who is barren. Jerusalem is the children of God are compared to as people who are unfruitful. They're not able to reproduce. It speaks to us about a lack or a deficiency. Literally because it talks about not having any children in those days, it was an object of shame and disappointment. And here the word of the Lord comes in the midst of shame, unfruitfulness, barrenness, and disappointment. They get a word from God. They get a prophecy from God. 
that goes beyond the evidence of their current reality. I'm going to help somebody in a minute. That they get a word in the middle of their deficiency. They get a word in the middle of their deficiency. They get a word in the middle of their lack. They get a word right in the middle of their disappointment. And the prophecy speaks to them about the power of restoration. <laughs> I'm going to find you in a minute. And how Jerusalem would come to a place and be healed. And her borders would be extended on every side. This particular passage of scripture comes to us to affirm to you and I this morning that when God gives you a word, when you have a promise from God, even in the midst of shame and disappointment, even in the midst of barrenness and no fruit, God can still prosper you to the point that your life can be enlarged to greater measures. And I just came here this morning to tell somebody under the sound of my voice that God is not finished with what he started in your life. And you may feel like you're living through some of the toughest seasons of your life right now, but I want you to know that the word of God over your life is still tried and it's still true. And it doesn't matter what the current circumstances are dictating. It doesn't matter what the current reality is of my life right now. But by the time God gets finished, he's going to perfect what concerns me. And at the end of the day, God is going to move his hand against the enemy of my life and I will be revived again and I will see the goodness of God even in the land of the living. Come on if you believe that push on somebody and tell them don't live in reserve now. Come on y'all got to get up in here with me. Tell them don't live in reserve. It tells us and it reminds us that God can prosper you. God can prosper you even in a jacked up government. God can prosper you in a jacked up Sin, gone crazy kind of world. <laughs> Come on, God can bless you even in the midst of COVID. Come on, talk to me up in this Holy Ghost field church. There are no limitations and there are no boundaries that can stop God from enlarging your life. There is nothing, there's no devil in hell, there's no scheme of the enemy that can sidetrack the will of God over your life. There's no power of hell that can override the power of the God that we serve. And it may not look good right now, and it may be unfruitful, and it may be barren, and it may not look like anything in my life is ready to change. But I'm trying to tell you, God is releasing a word over your life today. And that's why he said to the children of Israel, even in the midst of your craziness, even in the midst of your confusion, learn how to worship. Learn how to sing. Sing, old barren woman. Isaiah is prophesying to a nation where the current borders, the current borders, the, the, the limitations of their life and the boundaries had restricted them and contained them, but there was a breaking. Ugh. There was a breaking that was about to take place. I'm not moved by what I see right now. 
I'm not moved by what I even feel right now. I'm telling you, this is one of the toughest days I've had in a long time to get up in this pulpit and preach because I feel the pressure of everything that's going on in a lot of people's lives, but I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm going to be moved by what I believe. And at the end of the day, I just choose to believe the report of the Lord. I just choose to believe God. It ain't easy. It don't always feel good, but I believe God. I can't help but the word that the children of Israel were getting in those days is the same word that we're getting. God is speaking to us about our limitations. God is speaking to us about our restrictions, and God is letting us know you can be enlarged. You can grow. You can develop. I'm trying to say to this house corporately, this campus can grow. This campus can develop. Huh? If you think this is the end of the harvest, you're living in the wrong realm. If you think that God is finished with all the folks that's about to get saved, you're living on the wrong planet. I'm, about to t- I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you that there is a harvest that's about to flood into the kingdom of God like we have never seen. There is a movement of God that is happening around the world like we have never seen. Do you realize while I'm preaching this morning, every single week, one million people give their life to Jesus Christ. Every single week all around the world, one million people are giving their life to Jesus Christ. If you think the devil has the upper hand, you are living under the wrong realm. I'm trying to tell you today, God is not finished with what he started. God's not finished with you. He's not finished with your family. He's not finished with this planet. And he's definitely not finished with his church. Come on, push somebody and tell them, spare not, spare not. When Jesus Christ arrived on this planet 2,000 years ago, part of his arrival was, to, as we know, to bring redemption, to bring people to a salvation experience. But he also came with the intent to build a people of belonging, to build a community of people that would believe and belong, people who would learn how to operate in a world gone crazy by their faith, operate in a world of systems of this world where intellect will take you to a level Degrees will take you to a level. The education can get you to a certain level. But what I'm talking to to you about this morning is beyond your education. It's beyond your intellect. It's beyond your knowing. It's beyond your degrees. It goes a little bit deeper than that, and that is called the spirit of faith. And God wants his church to come back to the place where the spirit of faith is once again released in the body of Christ where we begin to declare that all things are possible to them that believe. So Jesus came to build a community of believing and belonging people, a community of people that would release their faith into the earth and give evidence that a superior kingdom is alive. To give evidence on this planet that there is another kingdom that exists that's beyond the kingdom that you live in. It's another realm of living. It's another kingdom. Understand this morning that, 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 that our faith is not just an event. huh? Our faith is not just a theory. Our faith is not just a feeling. Our faith is not just a school of thought or a one-time experience. Our faith is a lifestyle. My faith is something that not only do I possess, but my faith is something that possesses me. 
I'm trying to help somebody today. I don't just go to church to say, well, I got faith today. I'm going to go to church. No, I got faith when I don't feel like I got faith. My faith will work when my emotions don't want to help me. So we understand today that the reason why, watch me now, the reason why we need a faith-filled church, the reason why we need a culture of faith is because we need to be exercising our faith because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has fallen, and it's a world that is crying out for deliverance. It's a world, literally, literally, it's a world that's under the influence of an outlawed spirit. It's a world that's being driven by Satan himself. We are living in that world. That's the kingdoms of this world. But my God says that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. So we understand we're living in a world that's full of all kinds of stuff that we don't like. So if we don't have a culture of faith, the next thing you know, we start giving into the world that we've been called to deliver people from. And if we don't begin to exercise a culture of faith, next thing you know, you start agreeing with what you see. You start agreeing with what you feel. You start agreeing with what you hear. That's why the best way to get delivered is turn off the news. You'd be amazed how free your life will come if you just turn off the news. Somebody says, well, I won't be informed. I too, too, I'm a news junkie. Trust me, I'm a news junkie. But I want to tell you, everything I watch is filtered now. Mostly everything I read is filtered now. Because I'm not going to let the news dictate the theology of God. I'm not going to let the news to give me the prediction of what God wants to do in my life. The economy is not going to shape the kingdom of God. The governments are not going to shape the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, it's the church that will manifest the kingdom of God. So we understand that we're living in this kind of jacked up world. This will be on the screen for you. Creation has been subjected to the, futil- to the futility and hope that one day, uh, may, it, may it be today, God, that one day a remnant of believers would rise in faith and become those agents of deliverance. That's why we have to be releasing a culture of faith. We're living in an upside down, crazy world. And we need people of God that are not just exercising their faith on Sunday morning or when they want something. They're living a lifestyle of faith. The Bible says on four different occasions that the righteous shall live by faith. It's the righteous that lives by faith. One translation says the just shall live by faith. Now watch this. If if you're not living by faith, then you need to question your righteousness. Waiting on a good amen right there. If you're not living by faith, you need to question your righteousness. Are you righteous? Because the Bible says the righteous will live by faith. You don't live by your emotions. Your emotions are good indicators, but they're terrible dictators. We don't live by our emotions. We live by faith. Amen, amen. So, so God is looking for a community of believers. Watch me now, that will carry the conflict right into the enemy's camp. Got some good amens over here. A little quiet on this side. Don't want to mess y'all up, a little quiet over here. We're going to carry the conflict right into the enemy's camp. It even got worse then. 
Hallelujah. We are called to be the evidence of that kingdom that nobody can see. That's what we're called to be. We're the church. We're the ecclesia, the called out ones. The people that we're trying to deliver can't see the kingdom of God, but they can see you. In fact, Jesus said the kingdom of God is not over there. It's not over here. The kingdom of God is within you. So everywhere we go, guess what? We carry in that kingdom. I carry it on my job. I'll tell you, a good place to carry it is in Walmart. <laughs> uh, I carry it. I carry it. Everywhere I go, I carry the kingdom of God. I don't carry it when I come to church only. Everywhere I go, I carry it into my marriage. I carry it when it comes to discipling my children. Y'all remember that board we put up here last week and we talked about how every area of your life has to be touched by faith? Whatever area of your life that's not touched by faith remains unchanged. It remains unchanged. You, faith has to touch every area of your life. Faith is not for church. Faith is to touch every area of your life. Faith helps you in life. So, 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 so we are people who carry the faith of God so that we can release the goodness of God to a jacked up society. There are people on your job. There are people in your family that need to hear the good news. They need to hear something different than what the newscast is telling us. They need to hear another report. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke 18 says, when the Son of Man comes, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find some faith in the earth? The question is not about God's willingness to move, but rather it's about our willingness to persevere in the faith that he's allotted us so that we can manifest the promises of his word. We read it multiple times this morning. When God gives a word, when God puts a word over your life, you have to embrace that word by faith. Because when God releases a word over your life, your circumstances will be contrary. And most of the time, our mind will be contrary. Until our mind becomes fully renewed and submitted to the Spirit, our mind will talk us out of things. Amen. When you got born again, what got born again was your spirit, not your head. <laughs> huh? You don't believe with your head. You believe with your spirit. You believe with your heart. Huh? We don't believe with our head. Because what happens is if you stay in your head, you start talking doubt. Because you start looking at things. You start seeing things. You start feeling things. And you start declaring what you see. And what you feel by the natural. Spirit of faith don't care what it looks like in the natural. Spirit of faith don't care what it feels like in the natural. Faith says, I'll go beyond it. I'll walk right up into a whole nation that's barren, that's wounded, that's living in disappointment. And I'll put a word over them that will break them out of every level of disappointment and shame they've been living in. And there will be more children with the barren woman than there was with the married woman. By the time God gets finished with playing out his plan, his schemes, and his strategies, it's going to look bigger than it's ever been. It's going to be better than it's ever been. It's going to be fuller than it's ever been. That's why when we say we're going to build a piece 
purchase another building out here and we're going to add to the property. We're not looking at the people that are not here today. We're not looking at the people who are not plugging in and giving today. We're looking at the promise that came from God. I'm looking at a word from God. I put my I put my foot down on the word of God. I staple my life to the word of God. And I don't care what nobody else does at the end of the day. If God has to fly people in here to make it up, God will do what he's got to do. God will move people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And he'll bypass your little stinginess. He'll bypass your greed. He'll bypass your selfishness. And he'll bypass your lack of faith. He'll let you wander in that same wilderness for 40 years and he don't care if you die there and your bones get bleached out. He don't care because at the end of the day he's going to have a people. At the end of the day he's going to have some people that believe the word. Come on push on somebody and tell them spare not. Spare not. Spare not. Spare not. Don't live in reserve. This is the trick of the enemy. We, we are living, I'm, I, I keep saying it, but I just, I don't know no other words. My, my, my vocabulary is very limited. I, we're living in a jacked up world. That's part of the scheme of the devil. Because it's putting pressure on the church to shut down. When the church ought to be thriving right now. The church ought to be coming into every corner of society and say, we got the answer that you're looking for. We got the hope that you need. We got the power that you got to possess. So the scheme of the enemy is just to get everybody scared, get everybody reserved, reserved. Play it safe. Don't release your faith yet. Play it safe. We don't know how this thing's going to turn out. I can tell you how it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out exactly the way God has designed it to turn out. <laughs> you remember when Paul in Acts chapter something, he was on that boat and he got shipwrecked. He was on his way to Rome. Remember that? I think it's Acts 28. I ain't sure. I ain't read it in a while. Acts 28. He's on, he's on a boat. And, 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 and the Bible says, and a northeasterner came. He's on the boat as a prisoner. And they're hauling him off. And, and Paul says, I don't think we need to sail. <laughs> well, who are you? You're just a prisoner. There's 276 men on board this boat. There, there's, there's, there, there's all kind of people on this boat. There's captains. There's lieutenants. There's sergeants. There's, there's, all, kind of, there's all kind of people on this boat. Who are you as a prisoner to tell us don't sail? Paul said, I'm just telling you, if you sail... You're going to incur a lot of damage. Well, they don't, they, don't, they don't care about what Paul has to say. No more than the world has to care about what you have to say. But when you've been in the presence of God, you're living in another realm. When you're operating by faith, you're living on a different playing field. And so you know the story. They get in the boat. They start sailing. All of a sudden, this northeasterner, we call them hurricanes. I think the Bible calls it a uquila. A, a Uraquila came. It's, a, it's, it's the equivalent of a hurricane. Hit that ship until it began to break up. And everybody began to fight for their life. But Paul got a word. He said, the Lord said, Paul, don't worry about it. If they don't want to listen to you, sail on. But you're going to be all right. And I've granted you the life of those that are sailing with you. 
I'm just trying to tell you, when, when, when you're living right, when you're operating by faith, you move into a realm that you may lose a lot of cargo, you may lose a lot of junk that don't need to make the journey with you, but at the end of the day, you're going to make it to the other side. At the end of the day, you're going to fulfill your purpose. Woo! And, and, and here's the thing about it. God granted him the ability to outlast the storm because purpose is always attached to other people. Because you know when he got on that island, a revival broke out. Could it be that some of you are going through some of the worst storms in your life right now because when you make it to the other side, you're about to have a revival meeting. You're about to see some loved ones come to Jesus. You're about to see the power of God move in your life like you've never seen him move before. Amen. I don't know where Paul came from, but I'm glad he showed up. When you were born again, when you were born again, you came into the kingdom of God. And there was a cultural shift in your life. You shifted cultures. You went, according to Colossians chapter 1, you went from the domain of darkness into his marvelous light. There was a culture shift. You shifted cultures in your life. You're no longer in the domain of darkness. You've been culturalized into his eternal light. Now you're living in the light of God. The kingdom of God, watch me now, has a culture. <laughs> and it's a culture that doesn't function like the cultures of this world. I think I told you last week, I'm not sure how I said it, but been all over the, all over the world, traveled to many nations, and, and Jeff Davis and I, Jeff is working today, but we were in Poland multiple times, and even, even in England when you go there, they, they drive on the wrong side of the road. To them, it's the right side. They say we drive on the wrong side. But when you're used to this culture, and you go over there, that looks like the wrong side. But how many know that if you're going to flow in that culture, you got to flow in that traffic? you you got to go in the direction of that culture or you won't get nowhere. It don't matter how you do it here. When you get over there, you got to do it like they do it because that's their culture. The kingdom of God has a culture. I don't care how the world does it. The kingdom has a culture. I may be in the world, but I'm not of it. Come on, talk to me. I'm living in the world, but that's not my culture. Because my culture moves beyond the restrictions and the limitations and the boundaries of this life. Everything in life has a culture. And it's unnatural. This will be on the screen. It's unnatural for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. Because the kingdom of God is a culture for the impossible. We can believe God for anything. I can pray over anything and believe God for it. I'm not shaken by the latest report. I'm not shaken by the latest news. I may not, I may not be able to wrap my intellect around it, but my faith goes deep. My faith, when I can't understand it intellectually, my faith 
drives my life down to an anchor that is stronger than the evidence of what I see. That's the spirit of faith that begins to work. And how many know that God doesn't give you faith to make your life easier? He gives you faith to make your life effective. Makes your life effective so that we can execute the things of God. So that we can manifest the will of God. And here's the thing about faith that you need to know. Faith don't make it happen. Faith don't make it happen. Faith gives you access to a realm where it's already happened. And your faith draws that realm into this realm. But it's already happened. Amen. The day you got saved on this side of heaven was not the day you got saved. That's the day you recognized you were saved. The Bible says he was slain before the foundations of the earth. Amen. All you did was acknowledge what was already happened. When you get healed here, you didn't just get healed here. You were healed by his stripes 2,000 years ago. You just began to access a realm that brought healing here. Woo, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Faith moves me into a dimension that goes beyond my intellect. Because when your mind can't figure it out, when your brain comes to a crash, faith is still alive. Faith is still active. And faith is pulling you into a different dimension. How many know that even with your eyes? You don't really see with your eyes. You see through your eyes. That's why you got to be careful about what you look at because something behind your eyes, your brain, begins to program a mindset because you begin to think in categories and dimensions that may be limited for your life because of what you see. Huh? Remember, remember when, when, when Elisha with, with the servant said, Lord, open up my servant's eyes. Just open Second Kings. He said, Lord, just open up my servant's eyes. Well, the servant wasn't blind. He just wasn't seeing in the same dimension. He said, Lord, open up my servant's eyes so that he can see that there are more for us than there are that are against us. He's just saying, Lord, let my servant see in a dimension, a faith realm that I get to look at. Let, let me see into another dimension because, I mean, that's called perception. And, and, and Elisha could perceive, he could see into another realm that there was chariots wrapped around the clouds of glory. There were more people standing at guard ready to defend the will of God over his life than the enemies that were coming against him. Sometimes you just got to back up and say, Lord, let me see it in the realm that you have prescribed over my life. Don't let me see it through a limited natural eyesight. The church gets hung up. I'm telling you, I, I tell you, Monday, Monday was a tough day for me after the offerings came in. I was like, whoo, Lord of mercy, I better find my faith track real quick. Wayne and Nancy text me. I think it was on Sunday you text me. That may not be a big deal to y'all, but boy, when you up here trying to press forward, that's a big deal. And I got the report, and we were like $100,000 short. Well, that may not mean much to you. But it means a lot to me because I'm, I'm basing this thing on a word from God. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Lord. <laughs> in my mind, I need, what, what's, that, what's, that, what, what's that thing that, what's those pills that calm you down? 
Y'all know. Xanax. Xanax. Percocet. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, where's the medicine cabinet? I'm like, I, I need something to calm my nerves down. That lasted for about 30 seconds. I'm telling you, because my faith just got a little bit deeper. Because here's the way I look at it. If the devil wants to fight, then, brother, we're going to fight like nobody's business. If we're going to show up, if you're going to throw the first punch, then you just better get ready because I'm not going to stay in my corner and wait for the dinner bell to ring. I'm going to come out swinging. I'm going to come out mad. I'm going to come out in the glory of God. I'm going to come out with purpose and ambition, and I'm going to let the devil know you may have got the first punch, but you're not going to win this battle. You may have even knocked me down, and I took the mandatory eight count, but I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to stand back up, and I'm going to engage back into the fight because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, push on somebody and tell them, spare not, spare not, spare not. Okay, so, so we got like six minutes. Praise the Lord. Time is slowly <laughs> slipping away. Let me show you something real quick. Uh, guys, get ready now because I'm skipping around now, so I'm leaving some pages behind. Cultures are established by sustained behavior. And once a behavior is sustained, watch this now, cultures become predictable. Got it? Because cultures are sustained by behavior. And once behavior is sustained, it becomes predictable. That's why when you got little kids, if you don't drive that worldly culture out of them and they stay acting on it long enough, it, their, 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 their behavior becomes predictable. You know how they're going to act. <laughs> so here's the pattern. This will be on the screen. Here's the pattern. The way you think determines how you believe. Got it? Believing determines expectations. You see that? Are you tracking with me? Expectations determines attitude. Mm -hmm. Attitude determines behavior. You ever had to tell your kids, you better watch that attitude? Usually, I, my mom would knock me. Then she says, watch that attitude. It's like, why didn't you tell me that first? <laughs> and I have time for all that, you crazy thing. Behavior then determines performance. Watch this. And performance, the way you carry it out, determines the culture. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. And it all begins by the way you think about a thing. Because the way you think eventually becomes a culture. Now, we could be a church that's so worldly-minded that the culture of the kingdom never progresses. Or, could we, or we could be a church culture for the kingdom that impacts the world. That's why I said it a while ago. The righteous 
live by faith. That's not a suggestion. That's the way it is. The righteous shall live by faith. That's not God saying, well, if you feel like it. No, he said, this is how you do it. This is the prescribed way for every believer to live. You live by faith. And if you're not living by faith, then you have to check your righteousness. What are you in right standing with? Because that's what righteousness is. Are you in right standing with heaven? Or are you in right standing with the world? Because if you're in right standing with the world, then you don't live by faith. Because mm-hmm. when we... Just, and I'm just using this because it's onus, just present example. But So when we say we're going to build a building, there ought to be enough culture of faith in here that people will begin to sacrifice to make something happen for God. But and I'm not saying this about you. I'm just saying this is just an example. People don't sacrifice in times like this because they don't feel like they'll have enough. So what we do, watch, when, when, when you don't please God, because that's what faith does, faith pleases God. Faith has no other assignment than to please God. That's the purpose of faith is to please God. It has no other assignment. Faith ain't to get you another car. I, I know I'm going to get you right. Faith ain't to get you a better house. That ain't how you use your faith. Your faith is to please God. And when you please God, he'll make sure everything you have need of is provided. Does not the Bible say, did not Jesus say, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. But when you live in a greedy culture that has programmed you to think the way you think, you bring that culture into a lifestyle of faith and the next thing you know, faith is diluted. There's enough people in this building right now that if you would sacrifice... Just a little breakdown that we did. $74 a week. If you go out to eat more than twice a week, you, you, you have already spent more than $74. So if, you don't, if you're not willing to sacrifice on a little level, you can't expect God to move on greater levels because the conditioning of your sacrifice now is preparing your culture for later. Because the way you're thinking about it now is determining the culture you're going to live by. That's why we got to have the culture of faith so that when God gives a local body a command, say, this is how we're going to do it. This place ought to be flooded with shouts of joy because anytime God brings you into a place of sacrifice, you better get ready because the power is coming on the sacrifice. The power of God never moves without a sacrifice. The power of God never happens until there is a sacrifice on the altar of self, on the altar of what I want. But when you die to yourself, when you die to your ambitions, and you die to your dreams, and you start saying, God, I want you more than I want anything else, then you better believe it. Then the power of God is coming on an exponential level and you may be barren now, you may be unfruitful now, but when you make him the priority, everything in your life shifts to a better place. Come on, push on somebody and tell them, spare not. 
Ooh, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I got to go. Come on, Pastor Porter, y'all better come on, I better stop. I, I'm about to get into my vein here, and it's going to be a while. Let me say this while they're coming and getting ready. One of the reasons, one of the, one of the reasons, and, and please, if you assign me to just trying to raise money for a building, you're missing my whole message. I, I'm not, I, that, 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 I'm, I'm telling I'm telling I, I'm, I, I have so much faith in God, I really do, that, that I believe that if I got out on a limb and somebody sawed the limb off, the tree would fall. I do. I do. I've seen God move in this house way too many times for, for my faith to be deflected. Because God will move people here. Yes, he will. He'll move people here that are hungry for him. Okay, so, so, so let me just move this because the reason why I'm, I'm pushing this, this challenge into our spirit, and it's not about a building, it's about our dimensions of growth and what God's doing to us. See, when you've been in an unfruitful season for a long time, it's hard to believe that it can change. When, when, when you've been barren for a long time, let me put it this way. When you've been living in disappointment for a long time, it's hard to believe that it can change. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe again when you've been hit so many times. But this is what you got to realize. We talked a lot here in the past between seasons and cycles. Cycles is something that you can prevent. Cycles is something that you can get out of. But a season is something that God leads you into. And it's something that God exits you out of. Cycles have a beginning date, but they don't have to have an ending date. Because you can, you, can, you, you, can, you can be 75 years old and still in a high school cycle. Living in those strongholds. But seasons, seasons can have an, an, uh, an entry date, and they can have an exit date. But here's what you got to understand. This is what I wanted to say. Here's what you have to understand about seasons. You have to know that whatever season I'm in, barren, unfruitful, or disappointing, or maybe I'm in a blessed season, maybe I'm in a harvest season, doesn't matter. Whatever season you're in, you need to know that he's the Lord over every season. He's the Lord over every season. He's the Lord over your tough seasons, and he's the Lord over your blessing seasons. Psalms 137, we won't take time to turn that, turn there, but in verse number four it says, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Huh? That was the question that they were asking. How can we sing the Lord's song? Let me, let me put it to you in the way I'm preaching it to you today. How can we sing the Lord's song in a place of disappointment? How can we get happy and joyful when we're in a season of disappointment? You have to understand, don't let the enemy rob you of your song just because you're in a different season. Yeah. Don't let the enemy steal your song. Just because you're in an unfruitful season right now. 
Don't let the enemy steal your song just because when you look out, everything's barren. Nothing is producing. I'm the object of shame and scorn and disappointment. Just because you're in that season, that was the word of the Lord. They said, how can you sing a song in a foreign land? How can you sing the song of the Lord in a tough season? You can't do it unless you have a culture of faith. You can't do it unless you can believe God beyond the moment. Because what happens is, if we're not careful, we'll turn our seasons into cycles. God puts you in a season to bring you through a season to empower you for a better day. But you get lost in your season because you lose your song. Now you stay in a perpetual season and it no longer becomes a season. Now it's a cycle that you will not break out of. And I'm just trying to tell this church today, we're not going to live in cycles. We're going to move through seasons because we're going to sing our song. We're going to worship our God. We're going to live for God's glory. Come on, get up on your feet if you believe it. Come on, push on somebody. Tell them, don't let the enemy steal your song. Let me, let me say it this way. Oh, my Lord, I could preach this stuff one after another. When you're in a foreign land, that's, that's the way Psalms 137 describes a foreign land. It's like you're in a place where you don't belong. You're in a place where the blessings of God are not flowing. You're in a place where you're limited. You're living in a place where you're restricted. You're living in a place that has boundaries around you where you can't be what God called you to be. When you're living in a foreign land, you have to understand that that foreign land is the place in your life where you learn how to trust the timing of God's purpose. It's the place where you learn how to trust what God's doing in your life. Everybody wants breakthrough. Everybody wants new levels. Nobody wants the process. Everybody wants, I've got a lot of young preachers and not just here, but in other places, everybody wants to do what I do. But they, 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 they weren't here in those early days when I had to mow the yards. They weren't here when I had to set up the scaffolding. Me and my brother, Pastor Manny Rivera, who liked to kill me numerous times, had it not been for the grace of God. We'd set up the scaffolding. They weren't here when we were dusting the cobwebs off the roof of this building. They weren't here. They, they, they weren't here when I had to stay with Bishop till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning ironing his shirt. But they want this side of the pulpit. They just don't want the process to get to this side. But I'm just going to tell you, you can't bypass the seasons of your life. You can't just move into any way you want to do because God is preparing you for a greater day. So you have to stay in faith no matter what. You have to work it out. You got to keep dealing with it. I thought about Glenn Angel. Oh, man. The last communication where he and I talked. You know when it was? It wasn't on a Sunday morning after church. It was during our prayer rally before church on a Sunday morning when he was here at 8.30. And that wasn't his first time. He's been coming ever since we started it. 
He comes, and that's, that was my conversations with him. You know what God was doing? God was preparing him for a greater day because he was faithful in the little things. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all missing it. You're missing it. Y'all thinking about death. I'm talking about the revealed glory of God over somebody's life. Because you got to pay the sacrifice. No, no, uh, uh, y'all come here for worship practice. No, no, everybody sees what you do up here. Oh, I wish I could sing up there. Well, come to practice. Come to practice. Get here before church starts. But nobody wants to pay the process. Nobody wants to pay the price. But we want the glory, but we don't want to did the process to get us the glory. That's what God was trying to say to the children. You're living in captivity right now. And it ain't looking good. It ain't, it ain't fair and good. But here's your process. Don't lose your song. <laughs> Don't lose hope in me right now. Because the, 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 the barren woman, the one who's been barren, the one who's been unproductive is about to produce more children than the married woman. It may not look like much right now, but God ain't finished with what he started. It's not over yet. God is still working it. Hallelujah. So the foreign land is the place where I'm tested. Let me just say this. Ain't nobody in this room above Jesus Christ. If Jesus was led into a wilderness season to be tested by the devil, don't think you're going to get off scot-free. He was led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that, Luke 4, to be tempted by the devil. Well, I didn't think God would allow us to be in places like that. God puts you in places to reveal what's inside of you. The Bible says Jesus was led into the wilderness, into a foreign land. He was led into a place of disappointment. But you finish reading the narrative, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I just came here to tell somebody today, you may feel like you've been in a wilderness experience. You might be living in a foreign land, but get ready, the power's coming. <laughs> Get ready. God's about to lead you out in power. Come on, if you believe that, come on, lift your hands all over the building and just begin to give him praise. Come on, can we magnify him for a moment? Can we just give him glory and honor for a moment? Come on, can we just raise the roof like we know something is about to happen in our lives? In the name of Jesus.
culture that denies the power of hell the right I, I, pastor Vanessa was leading the rally this morning she says she said she woke up with this in her spirit like I just want to give the devil a black eye I just want to yeah. I just want to hit the devil one time come on have you ever felt like you ever just felt like well let me tell you the way you do that you can't physically hurt him but boy you can put a praise in the atmosphere you can put a song in the situation and all of a sudden, hell has to back off. So if I'm not the only one, why don't you just run down here to the altar real quick and let's just begin to throw a punch at the devil one time. Come on, come on, there's a break here. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. It's right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in my favor. Yes, it is. It's in my favor, my favor. Come on, praise it like you know it. Oh, yes, it is in my
on now, just lift your voice like a trumpet. Lift your voice like you believe something is happening. Come on, we're not going to give the devil a chance. We're not going to give hell a chance. We're not going to give the enemy a chance. We have a voice. We have a right to be right. We refuse to be denied. We will spare not. We will hold nothing back. We're going after everything God has ever promised us. This is my season. This is my moment. This is my time. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a shifting in my favor. In my favor. God has favored. God has blessed. God is moving in my direction. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Disappointment. Man, I felt that this morning. The spirit of disappointment is being broken off of your life. The spirit of lack of courage is coming to an end over your life in the name of Jesus. If I could just prophesy it to you the way God's been saying it, there is a season of barrenness that is coming to an end. The unfruitful season is about to come to its end, and you're stepping out of that place of no power, no no exercising, no expectation, but God is about to bless you more than you have ever been blessed. The boundaries are being extended. The curtains are being lengthened. The cords are being stretched. Somebody shout, there's more. There's more. There's more. God is not finished with what he started. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name. There it is. Oh, I just saw it in the spirit. Boundaries, restrictions, limitations are being pushed aside. in my spirit I just I don't trying to get permission to say it the way I felt it you ever seen anybody in a straight jacket you ever seen anybody I ever seen anything (laughs) you ever seen anybody in a straight jacket there's limited movement that's what I saw in the spirit over the body of Christ it's like the enemy's got us in a straight jacket like we can't move we're scared we're intimidated don't know what to do sometimes even in our praise I've seen enough saints in spiritual straight jackets and praise no wonder you got issues I mean we can't even throw up a hand like really you throw it up at a ball game I gotta say nothing. Come on. The enemy had us in a straight jack. It's limited motion. It's very limited. But I saw the power of God moving in. And straight jackets were being thrown, flung into the corner. And there was such liberty in the house of God. Such movement in people's lives. It's like the boundaries in that straitjacket were being broken off. 
and borders were shifting and there was an increase. There's an increase over your life. There's an increase over this house in greater dimensions. Hallelujah. I think it's in Psalms 126. It says, same, 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 same bunch of people, just a different scenario. And God says, and when God turned the captivity of Zion, when God turned it, we were like those who dreamed a dream. But then our mouth was filled with laughter. And we said, look what the Lord has done. God's turning some things in the spirit realm right now. We're not, we're not going to live restricted our whole life. When God turned the captivity of Zion, it's like it was, it was so monumental. It was so big in our lives. It's almost like we're in a dream. It's like I can't even hardly believe it. But it's that big. It's that big. Jeffrey, that's why the dream is so big in your heart. That's why, that's why God has molded you for such a time as this. That's why you felt restricted, limited, contained. But the restrictions are about to break off. That's why you've been denied on multiple times. It wasn't a, it wasn't a test of your ability. It was a test of your character. Because God said, just keep coming. Because I've got better fields. i got broader avenues. i got more influence. That's why you felt the pain of the rejection. So that one day you're going to stand in front of hundreds and hundreds of children and young people. And you're going to say, I know where you've been. I know how you feel. But look what God has done for me. That's why you've been through it. That's why the battle's been real. That's why the battle's been so tough. That's why you ain't got to tell me this. And I don't, you don't have to. You don't even have to agree with me right now. I don't care. But that's why you felt like throwing in the towel a thousand times over because you felt like it ain't worth it. It ain't worth I might as well walk away. Nothing's happening in the realm of, of my heart, the way I see it in my heart. But God's moving you through a season of barrenness to get you ready for the children that are about to be born, for the breakthrough that's about to happen. That's why you almost quit. That's why you almost died. That's why you even thought about committing suicide because you didn't feel worthy. You didn't feel like you had it together. But God said, I'm not finished with what I started. He's working. He's working in your favor. Your best days are in front of you. Come on, put your hands toward him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Him and Khadijah. Woo, God's doing something right there. Oh, God's doing something right there. Come on. The chains, the shackles, the limitations, the mindsets are being broken. They're being destroyed off of your life. They're being crushed. They're being crushed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It will not have its place. It will not rule and reign inside of your heart because God has brought you to a spacious place. God has brought you to a broad place and you will break out on the left and you will break out on the right. Come on, somebody give him praise right now. Come on, there's a breaking right there. 
in the name of Jesus. I could do this all day because I feel it now. Now it's on me. Now, now it's late. I could, I could prophesy. Tim Lee, I can prophesy right now over your life. God's bringing you to such a place where you're going to start laying hands on the sick and crazy faith is going to rise. Crazy faith is going to rise. And you're going to see people on your job get healed. You're going to see people walking around and they're going to come to you. They're not going to a church. They're going to come. Where's Tim Lee? Where's Tim? He's got power. He's got faith. Lay your hands on me, Tim. I see you in the spirit moving in supernatural realms. Crazy faith is coming out. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Those little, those little testimonies you've been sharing with me over the last year or so, those two or three little testimonies, that pales in comparison to where God's about to take you. That is just a drop in the bucket where God's going to lead you. There's going to be diverse situations. There's going to be real bad trauma in people's lives, and you're going to walk in there, and you're going to shift the atmosphere. You're going to lay hands on the sick, and you're going to watch them recover even while you pray, even while you declare the word of the Lord and you say why me God why me because your heart is pure your heart is pure your motives are right You've been chosen by God it's a gift of healing on your life it's a gift of healing on your life to release healing hallelujah hallelujah Woo. kingdom is not over there. It's not over here. The kingdom's here. That's right. I, I, I need to quit. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in a vein. If I, if I don't start a line, all y'all over prophesy over everyone. Y'all. I'm in a vein. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's right there. It's, it's so, it's so, it's so right there. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Come on, just lift your hands. I, I, if I keep looking, I want to, I, I can't, I don't want to I got next week. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just say, Lord, expand my borders. Bring me to a place of no restrictions. Holy Spirit, you're here. Because you love us. And you care for us. TC, God's bringing you into a peaceful season. There's peace coming into your life on a supernatural level. You're a caregiver by trade. You love people by trade. You exercise the gift of mercy by trade. It's all in you. It just exudes out of you. You love people. You care for people. You surround people. But God's going to bring you to a place where things are going to be reciprocal. Things are going to come back to you. You've been giving and giving and giving. And you're coming into a season of receiving. And you would never ask it for yourself. Because your heart is to give. Your heart is to love. Your heart is to nurture. Your heart is to make sure everybody else is okay. And here you are living in your own little isolated season. Wondering will the Spirit of God ever bring me that same level of comfort prophesy over you today comfort's coming to your house and peace is residing over your life 
You've sown a lot in love, care, and concern. And sometimes people have taken advantage of that over you. And they've abused your love and your care and your concern. But God says, I'm going to bring you into a season where that is not going to be abusive. I'm going to bring it in right. And you're going to feel it the way you need to feel it. Lord, I release that over her life now. Come on, somebody just walk over there to her. Sherry, there you go. Just put your hands on her. In the name of Jesus. Just breathe it in, TC. That's the peace of God. That's just the flow of God. You're just going to rest in his goodness. You're going to rest in his comfort. lot of trauma in your life, physically and emotionally, it's been a lot of trauma, you're not always going to live in that season, you're not always going to, that is not your future, that is not what God has designed for your life, and I just see things coming back to you in a healthy, wholesome way. Not perverted, not twisted, not wrong motives. People are coming to you out of genuineness. And you're going to be a recipient. I know that's hard for you because you'd rather give than receive. And that's going to be hard for you to breathe in and take in. But God will give you that sign that this is, this is what you meant. And you'll know it because the peace will be on it. I bless you today bless you today. Bless. That tender heart is not going to be corrupted. It's not going to be corrupted. The circumstances and the events is not going to create a hard heart. It's going to stay tender and moldable before God's presence. It's a new season. It's a new season. Restrictions are coming off. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Just lift your hands. Lord, we thank you today. where we believe anything is possible. And I feel the heaviness of God so strong. I'm just saying it the way I hear it. Some of you just need to dream again. Your dream has been muzzled. Just dream again. back to that place where you felt this was God. And dream the dream of God. 
Because it's going to turn. It's going to turn. And you're going to sing your song in a foreign land. You're going to sing in the face of disappointment. Sing in the face of adversity. Lord, bless your people today. Bless their faith. Bless their life and their promise toward you. Lord, let there be a cultivating of our faith all week long. Let us cultivate it. Stir it up. Turn it around. Move it over so we can believe, so we can believe for the deep things. I give you praise and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. Come on, can we just honor the Lord? He's the one that deserves everything today. Amen. Amen, amen. I, I, I really, it's, I, it's 1230, I go 35. I, I do apologize for that link there, but I don't apologize for what God's doing. That's right. Just, it's hard to get everything in, I guess. Just pray for miracles on me. But something's doing. Something's working. And we're moving. Amen. Hey, we got Tuesday night prayer, 6.30 to 7.30. If you're available, come and just help us press this thing down the road just a little further. Will you do that? God bless you. We love you. Love on somebody real good. Have an amazing afternoon. We'll see you Tuesday.